Good morning. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning. And uh, we are continuing in a little mini series in Romans. So if you would like to grab a Bible, uh, we are in Romans chapter 12 and we're looking at verses 9 to 13. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need and practice hospitality. I want to talk to you today about how to build authentic relationships. I think we all desire deep, genuine, real relationships. We all want to belong. A number of years ago, uh, Emily and I, we took our four boys on a holiday uh, to the south of France. And we took the trip from Dover to Calais and we had the long drive down, uh, down to the coast. And normally on our long journeys in the car, it's one of our four boys who at some stage on the journey say, I need the toilet. But on this occasion, it wasn't one of my sons. It was me. And I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. We'd been driving for a few hours, but suddenly that sort of feeling came. And I remember thinking, oh, that came on remarkably quickly. And I thought, it's all right, there'll be some motorway services soon. So we kept driving and I was getting a little bit more desperate and we kept driving and there was no services and I was getting more and more desperate. And finally... Uh, the sign came for some services and I sped off the motorway, I sort of handbrake, turned it into the car park, uh, threw the door open, ran into the services and I sort of saw the sign quickly, toilets, and I ran in the toilets and I saw a cubicle, I got in the cubicle, I sat down and it was such a great <laughs> relief. Ah. Oh. And as I was sitting there, just enjoying the moment, you've all done it. I suddenly heard these voices, and um, they weren't men's voices. <laughs> and it was, it was like this stampede had come into the privacy and the enjoyment of my moment into the toilet. And I was suddenly hiding in this cubicle and I thought, I do not belong here. I think it was a a, a French school trip and all of these girls had come into the cubicle and it felt like they were there for hours. I mean, I don't know what you ladies do in the toilet, (laughs) but it was going on and on. As I heard these women, I did think, gosh, it's a remarkably clean toilet, actually. <laughs> I thought it was just French loos, but I realised why. It was, it was the ladies' toilet. After what felt like hours, the voices died down. I thought, this is my moment. I'm going to escape. Opened the cubicle, ran outside, ran back to the car, got back to Emily. She said, where on earth have you been? I think she saw I'd had some terrible uh, thing happening to my bowels. 
There's that moment when you take a train journey or you're on a flight and you find a seat and you sit down and a few moments later someone comes over to you and says, I think you're sitting in my seat. That moment of shame where you think, I don't belong in this seat. Or maybe some of you can remember back to being in your PE classes at school. The PE teacher choosing two captains to pick teams. Am I going to be chosen first or am I going to be chosen last? We all want to fit in. We all want to be chosen. We all want to belong. And I think there is this intrinsically, just this aching inside of us to desire community. Brené Brown, the author, speaker and research professor, she says, a deep sense of love, belonging is an irreducible need of all people. We are biologically, cognitively, physically and spiritually wired to love, to be loved and to belong. Unquestionably, we all want better relationships. We all want to be connected But all of the research suggests that the opposite seems to be happening. We're more connected than ever before, but we're also lonelier than ever before. I speak to so many people who say that to me. I feel lonely. I don't know where my community is, my friendship group. I've said that before. Loneliness is fast becoming an epidemic of our age. You may have read the story about James Gray, the old age pensioner, who put an advertisement in the newspaper to spend Christmas Day with him because he couldn't handle the pain of 10 consecutive years being on his own at Christmas. Only one person responded to that advertisement and that person pulled out at the last minute. This isn't just an issue that faces the elderly. This is something that affects all of us. Britain has been voted the loneliness capital of Europe. Last year, we saw that um, Theresa May had appointed the first minister of loneliness to try and combat what she described as the sad reality of modern society. In fact, research suggests that loneliness is worse for your health than obesity or smoking. So we have this problem. We want authentic, deep, genuine relationships. But increasingly, they seem to become more and more elusive to us. They're slipping through our fingers. And the detriment of those relationships is actually damaging our health, not only psychologically, but also physically. So how do we solve that problem? I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, ah, I know exactly where you're going with this. You're going to say, join the church. That's how you find relationships. And if that's what you're thinking today, then I kind of sympathize with you. If you think, well, I, I haven't necessarily found that in the church. But the truth is that view actually begs another question. What makes the church different to any other social organisation or club or society? You see, in this passage, Paul gives the church 12 
keys to building authentic relationships. And these aren't just good advice. These 12 keys, they're rooted in reality. They're, in fact, rooted in a person. They are rooted in relationship. We read there, he says, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to each other. Honour each other. Stay passionate. Don't give up or burn out. Serve the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with the needy. Practice hospitality. If you want to build genuine, authentic, deep relationships, here are some of the things that you can do. Paul is saying this is what genuine community looks like. As we remember this week, the devastating events of the Grenfell fire, just one year on, I think we've, we've seen the power of community coming together. Even in the midst of tragedy, we begin to see signs of hope and what it means for people to be genuinely connected together. Someone once said, it's not the parts of the Bible that I don't understand that I have to worry about. It's the parts of the Bible that I do understand that I have to worry about. This list here, in many ways, it's very, very self-explanatory. Practice hospitality. Be faithful in prayer. It's not rocket science. It's hugely practical, but we know, don't we? It's not easy. Relationships are complicated. I mean, I, I'm easy to love. But it's all of you that seems to be the problem. Relationships are complicated because people are complicated. My life is complicated. Your lives are complicated. Life is complicated. Circumstances in our lives are complicated. And the church is not immune to any of those things. Paul wouldn't be writing this to this church in Rome if he knew that they had it all sorted. And in many ways, the church in Rome was not dissimilar to our context here in London. Rome was the capital city. It was a place that was cosmopolitan. It was a place that was wealthy, amazing transport links. There was a transient population. It was a place for diplomacy. It was a world trade center. I think it can be tempting often to read these passages and think, oh, it was much easier back then. You know, Paul, you don't understand it's complicated here at HDB. We're, we're a large church. We've got multiple services on multiple sites. This is central London. We're all busy. Time is short. Living locally is difficult. Have you seen how much the houses cost in this local area? I can't possibly think about living locally to the church. We all come from different backgrounds. We've got different ages, different experiences, different cultures, different socioeconomic backgrounds. Building community, genuine, loving community is hard. But in spite of all those things, Paul says in this passage here, he says, be devoted to one another in love. In another translation, he uses the word, be devoted to each other in brotherly love. Love. I've got two older brothers 
As Stephen said, I've got four sons. I know a little bit about what brotherly love looks like. It's an amazing thing. There's this amazing commitment that comes. But there are ups, there are downs, there are fights, there are arguments, there's conflict. But we know that we're for one another. And this brotherly love here, what that means is it's, it's family love. It's like a love that we experience between brothers and sisters. The church is meant to be a family, not just in name, but also in nature. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. Just take a look around, look at each other. These are your brothers and your sisters. Say to the person next to you, I'm your sister or I'm your brother. One or two of you are sitting sort of on your own, looking a little bit less than sure on that. We're a family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. In the message translation of the Bible, this verse is described as be good friends and love deeply. Be good friends and love deeply. People aren't looking just for a friendly church. They're looking for a place where they can make friends. What does that look like for us? I've heard a few different descriptions of uh, community in the church. The first one I heard was like a snooker table. And the church community is a little bit like on a Sunday, the, the snooker balls come out of their pockets a little bit hard. They sort of knock into one another for a little bit. And then at the end of the service, they go back into their pockets and they don't see each other again until the following week. I'm not sure I like that analogy of Christian community. The second analogy I heard was kind of like potatoes. We are all potatoes. When you come to know Jesus, he warms you with his love. You're softened. And as you become softened with his love and the Holy Spirit, then you become mashable. And you're all mashed into one and it becomes mashed potato love. I'm not sure I really like that analogy either. I'm an individual, it's me. You know, I've got my stuff going on, you've got your stuff going on. But yeah, we're together. But I think the analogy that I like a lot more is a bit like the the individual cells in a honeycomb. Each cell is interconnected to the cells around it. They support one another. And when one of those cells is damaged, the cells all around it, they feel the effects of that damage and they compensate in the hive. How do we do that? How do we have that level of interconnectedness with one another? Well, Paul says in this passage, if we are to experience that, we need a very particular kind of love. Not just any old love. Love is a word that so easily gets banded around. I love the World Cup. Come on, England, please, Jesus. I love chocolate. I love getting my hair cut for some reason. I don't know why. But love is so much more than just 
an emotion and a feeling. Love is an action. And Paul says that if we're to do this, love must be sincere. The Greek word he uses there for sincere means without hypocrisy. In other words, it's, it's not fake or superficial. Sincere love is genuine, without pretense, authentic, real. Something that gives life. And as a spiritual family, the church is to exhibit the characteristics that mark the best earthly families. Whatever your experience of your earthly family has been like, I think we intrinsically know what the best families are meant to be like. And great families foster certain things. They foster trust, loyalty. It's a place where you can be yourself and not be judged. It's a place, I know and experience this in my family, they see the, the best of me and they see the worst of me normally in the morning, but they still love me. They're still there for me. They're still committed to me. In our family, it's a place where we forgive one another, where we keep short accounts. It's also a place where we celebrate each other's successes or joys. On Friday, I went to pick my little eight-year-old son, Theo, up from school in the afternoon and when I picked him up from the school gate, he came up to me and said, Dad, can you, can you see anything? And I was thinking, I can't see anything. And he just pointed and he went, I got the merit badge this week. And I was like, Theo, that is amazing. I celebrated his joy. He'd got the most smiley faces all week. I thought, I wish you could behave a bit like that at home, but... <laughs> I love the fact that Tom Jackson, one of our clergy here, he's just received an MBE for his work with Resurgo and Spear. Supporting those in society, just getting them back into work. There's so many things that we can celebrate here together. Not only do we celebrate with one another, we also support one another in our disappointments, in our struggles. We had some friends when we were living in Oxford and they were just desperate, desperate to have children. And we supported them, we prayed for them. It was such a struggle. Years ago, we moved about eight years ago from Oxford and it was painful and difficult. And this week, we got a card telling us that finally, after years, they are pregnant. You see, we celebrate with them. We bear each other's burdens. And what does that look like for us here as a church, HTB? The truth is we do have some challenges. We haven't always got it right. We are a large church. But actually strengthening relationships is at the heart of all that we are seeking to do. Relationships with one another. To build with relationships outside the church. To foster ultimately our relationship with God. I think of the marriage courses. If you go to a wedding, this is often a passage that's used in the marriage service. Why? Because this kind of love in action, this sincere love is the foundation for family life. 
We're looking to build authentic, genuine relationships in the church. It's no coincidence that on Alpha, there are small groups. There's a meal. There's a weekend away. This isn't just a didactic course on the basics of Christianity. This is a place where people can find and build genuine relationships. We're constantly trying to look for ways of how do we make big church small. That's why we have connect groups. If you come and you are looking for community, genuine community, in a gathering like this of 900 people, you you might be sorely disappointed. But connect groups are an amazing way to build friendships with a smaller group of people. People that you can pray with, people that you can share your struggles with, people that you can share your joys with. Hundreds of them meeting midweek all throughout London. It's an amazing way to be community together. Something happens when we get together, when we invite people over into our own homes, when we get together for coffee. There's a dynamic that happens when we build community together. Family is a place where you can be known, but also family is a place where you are needed. Paul says here in this passage, he says, serve the Lord. As a community, we don't want to just be a family that serves each other. We want to be a witness to the world, a place that glorifies the name of Jesus. But being on a team is, you know, there's stuff that needs to be done, jobs that need to be done. Uh, We have this phrase that I'm sure you've never heard before in our family. I've got three teenage sons. It's like occasionally it slips out of my mouth. You treat this place like a hotel. You don't do that in family, do you? Everybody's involved. Everybody empties the dishwasher. Everybody has to put their, hang their clothes up. Everybody has to clean their bedroom. You know, we're all involved. We're all a part of this thing together, if you're part of the family. So there's stuff to be done. But more than that, as you serve on a team together, alongside one another, you build friendships, shared memories, amazing moments together. We're a family on a mission We're not a family on a cushion. We're not meant to be comfortable. In fact, when we do get comfortable, God often makes it uncomfortable for us. Why? Because we need, there's a world out there that's lonely and hurting and needs the church to rise up and wake up and serve them and demonstrate what fantastic, amazing, genuine, real relationship looks like. That's why we do all of our social transformation work, the homeless shelter. That's why we plant churches. We don't want to just enjoy it here. We want to multiply it all across this country. But it's costly. That means we're giving people away. We're giving resources away. Being part of the family can be costly, but it's worth it. You see, you can't have community without commitment. You can't build relationship without risk. Now, I want to encourage us today to take a few risks. It's in the little things. It's in the peace week by week. Say hi to someone you've never said hi to before. Maybe sit in a different place. Radical, I know. Meet a different row. Maybe send that text that you thought, oh, I just thought I should encourage that person. 
in my connect group or in my alpha group at church today. I just spoke down at the, one of our other services and someone just sent me a text afterwards. It blessed me so much. They didn't need to do that. Send the text, do the small thing, invite somebody over for dinner, make the first step. It's difficult. It takes courage. Why? Because actually, when you, when you put yourself out there, you're being vulnerable. You're opening yourself up to rejection. But actually, that's what happens in families. We're vulnerable to one another in a family, but that is how we are being called to live. Building community is hard. We can't do it on our own. We can't do it in our own strength. How are we going to be enabled to do this? How do we find the power to do this? If you read this list that, that Paul gives us just in isolation, it actually reads like any other religion. Do this, do that, be this, be that, be nice to people, be kind to people, be moral. That's just religion. That's not the good news of the message of Jesus Christ. That's not grace. And I guarantee that if you try and do these 12 things in your own strength, You may achieve it for the rest of this service. You may send a text. You may invite somebody afterwards. But I guarantee that middle of next week, it would have gone out of your head. No, we can only experience transformation and genuine change in this area if we first realise that we are loved. We can only extend love to others when we know that we are first loved by God. You may have heard the phrase, hurt people, hurt people. But also the opposite is true. Loved people, love people. We can't build authentic, genuine, sincere relationships unless we've ex- we first experienced and encountered the love of Jesus. Jesus demonstrated to us what it means to sincerely love Jesus was devoted to his brothers, his sisters, his followers. He demonstrated that sincere love to them. Jesus was joyful in hope. Jesus was patient in affliction on the cross. Jesus was faithful in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus shared his life with other people. You see, when we experience his grace... We can be free to extend that grace to other people. When we know that we are loved without limits, we can extend that love without limits to other people. When we know that we're forgiven, we can extend that forgiveness to other people even when we're wronged. When we know that we're part of the family, we're a child of God. We have an inheritance set aside for us in heaven that we're honoured in the kingdom of God. When we know that, we can honour other people above ourselves. We don't have to strive for position because we're loved by Jesus. And that is something that demonstrates this sincere love to the world. When we do that, that kind of love is the love that transcends barriers. It breaks down cultural divides. It means there's no difference between me and you. There's no black and white, male or female, rich or poor. Everyone is welcome in the family. Everyone can belong 
Because of what Jesus has done, there is no need for us to feel lonely. We come into the community and we're cared for, prayed for, welcomed home. Jesus said it like this. He said, love one another as I have loved you. So also you must love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Imagine what our community would look like if we excelled in this. Imagine what our country could look like if all of our churches looked like this. May we be the kind of church that pursues genuine, real, authentic, loving, deep relationships with one another, devoted to one another in brotherly and sisterly love. I genuinely believe when we do that, we really will see the advancement of this vision. To see our nation evangelised, to see the church explode in a fresh way across this country. And to see our society changed and transformed in Jesus' name. Amen.